we're always wondering what's next. We get a job, we wonder if it's going to be okay. Are we going to have security? Are we going to have stability? Um, we take, a, we take a courses, we go to college. Is our degree going to get us what we want in life? Is it going to make us happy, right? We have uh, this quest to know what's next, to have it all down. Adam and Eve uh, blew it in the garden. They had everything that they needed. They had the presence of God. They enjoyed his character, his nature. He came down and he walked with them in the garden. He let himself be known intimately and relationally. They had everything. They had the wisdom of God. They could rely on, on him and, and uh, allow him to give them insight. They gave, he gave them great authority to rule creation, to take dominance over creation, to name all the animals, all the plants. I mean, the wisdom and insight that God gave Adam and Eve to rule and to reign. And they had the purposes and the, the passions of, of God in their heart. And then sin came into the world. Sin brings alienation and separation from God, and it leaves us to our own devices and our own intentions. And we are, when we are left to our own devices and our own intentions, there is big, 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 big trouble. The Bible says that the heart of man is wicked beyond measure. Who could know it? Who can understand it? Who can fathom it? Many times in your life and in your walk and in, with your journey with God, you probably wondered as you laid your head down on the pillow, God, what, what was I thinking? How come I was feeling that? How did this thing rise up within my heart and in my life and in my, my mind? And how did I allow this, this thing to become a mindset in my heart and in my life? You know why? Because you are, you are a sinful, sinful person. And you were ruled over by your sinful nature. But God had a plan that through prophets, through men of God, women of God, would reveal the truth of God, reveal his character and nature again, and that he would reveal to these prophets the way to go and the avenues and pathways to walk into, into life. We do look to the news. How many look to the news for solace and peace and rest? How many look to your bank accounts for solace, peace, and rest? Not too many of us. This is Lackawanna. This is not Beverly Hills. Amen. How many look to your careers? We look to all kinds of things in this life, but it still brings emptiness. And it, re- it, it relates to us the shallowness and the hollowness of life. And that's a good thing. Because there's a Jesus-shaped hole in our hearts that only Jesus can fill. When he fills that, we are filled up to the full measure of God. Amen. Life and life more abundantly flowing out of us. You know, there's many that look to horoscope. They look to psychics. They have, uh, they go to card readers. They go to mediums. They read up on Notre Dame. They want to have this information. They want to know what's going to happen. Deuteronomy chapter 8, seeking mediums reading the horoscope, going to a card reader, going to a psychic healer is an abomination to the Lord. Do not read your horoscope because when you do, it's a written invitation for the enemy of your soul to come into your heart because you're looking to another spirit 
to give you guidance and, and ownership and leadership and not the word of God in the presence of God. Don't read your horoscope. That's what I call it, a horror scope. <laughs> Don't watch Long Island Medium. You can't talk to the dead. If you think you're talking to the dead, you're talking to a spirit that wants to destroy you and bring you down and cast you down and give you a spirit of fear, a spirit of trepidation, a spirit of anxiety and fretting. Jesus Christ died a cruel death on the cross so that these powers could be overcome, amen, by the spirit of God and the word of God. The problem is we try to answer life's questions with ourselves. And myself has gotten me into a lot, of, a lot of problems over the years. Myself and yourself, ourselves. We need a savior. We need a rescuer. We need a guide. We need a comforter. We need a counselor. We need the true prophet who not only is the messenger of God, but is the message of God, the way, the truth, and the life. Let's turn over to Acts chapter 3, and we'll read some scriptures. Uh, Acts chapter 3. We're going to get it on the screen. Thank you very much. That would be great. You know what? Let's do ESV, the English Standard Version. And I could even speak it with a British accent if you'd like. Now Peter and John were going up to the temple. Uh, the, no. Uh, you know what? I'm sorry, guys. I didn't give you the proper verse. Let's go. To verse, let's go to verse 12. Peter and John just healed a lame dude. And you know who was complaining? All those religious nutcakes. Amen? Those religious people were upset. And we'll start with verse, yeah, here it is. And when Peter saw it, he addressed the people, men of Israel, why do you wonder at this? Or why do you stare at us as though by our own power or piety, We have made him walk. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered over and denied in the presence of Pilate when he had decided to release him. But you denied the holy and righteous one and asked for a murderer to be granted to you. And you killed the author of life, whom God raised from the dead. To this we are witnesses. Yeah. And his name by faith in his name has made this man strong, whom you see and know. And the faith that is through Jesus has given the man this perfect health in the presence of you all. I'm going to read this verse again. And if you need a healing touch in your body, receive it now in Jesus' name. This is the word of God. And the faith that is through Jesus has given the man this perfect health in the presence of you all. We pray for healing, God, in our bodies. We pray for deliverance this morning. Bring life to this old, wrinkled body and transform it by the renewing of your grace. All these bodies in here that hold the temple, that are the temple of the Holy Spirit, bring life now in Jesus' name. Let's read the next verse. And now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did also your rulers. But what God foretold by the mouth of all the prophets that his Christ would suffer, he thus fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and turn again, that your sins may be blotted out. That times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus. 
whom heaven must receive until the time for restoring all the things about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets long ago. Moses said, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brothers. You shall listen to him in whatever he tells you. And it shall be that every soul who does not listen to the prophet shall be destroyed from the people. And all the prophets who have spoken from Samuel and those who came after him also proclaimed these things. Let's go to 1 Peter and then flip over to 2 Peter, okay? And turn to verse chapter 1 and let's read from verse 16. First, 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 16. For we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of this majesty. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, and the voice was born to him by the majestic glory, this is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this very voice born from heaven, for we were with him on the holy mountain. And we have something more sure, the prophetic word. To which you will do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Knowing this first of all, that no prophecy of scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Ah, yes, the trusted, sure, most certain Prophetic word of God. Amen? Don't you feel a spirit of rest come over you today to know that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he's still speaking? There's a movement in our culture and in our society and even in the church today that believes that this Mandela effect, that things are changing that once were, and Satan has control over the media, over written print And God's word is changing. Let let me tell you something. God's word is settled in heaven. Amen. And it will not change. Heaven and earth shall pass away. My word shall stand forever. We can trust the written word of God and the living word of God and the Holy Spirit that ministers to us the living word of God through the written word of God as we read the word of God. Do you read the word of God? Prophecy is an interesting thing, isn't it? How many of you have ever been in churches where a dude gets up or a, or a lady and says, I, the Lord thy God, say unto thee. You know, this is a true story, but when I was in Bible college, uh, a kid ran up to the platform to give a prophecy, and he said, I, the Lord thy God, saith unto thee. And he got real nervous and said, What doth the Lord God say unto thee? And then he ran off the platform like that. He he got a little too excited. Amen? Prophecy is this awesome thing where God speaks to us. The prophets always saw the world and people through God's eyes. Amen? Primarily, that seeing was twofold in nature. It was intuitive. That is, it looked into the heart of a person, read the person's needs, 
read the person's heart and ministered the word of God and applied the word of God to that person's need. The heart of a person and read the person's needs, God's word addressed every particular need. Prophets were also prophets in the sense that we are used to the word. They indicated events that were to come as well. How many ever received a word from God about a future thing that would happen and it came to be? Amen. How many of you, are, the presence of the God, God and the word of God came down into your heart and revealed something about your heart that you never, never, ever, ever knew about yourself. But when you found out, your jaw dropped. Amen. Right. Those are great moments. Amen. See, there were, there were two words in uh, the culture when this was, when this was written. Manatumai is a word that speaks of a seer or a diviner. And it spoke to the heathen pagan religions and the, the heathen religions about these, these prophets or these seers that, that, that spoke out words from these pagan false gods. What they would do, they would get into a frenzy. Their eyes would roll and they would foam at the mouth, and these, the, the words would come out in a, in a frenzy like a maniac. And that's where the word came from, maniac. And it would instill fear and fury and fretting in the hearts of the people. That word is not used when it comes to the precious word of God. Because when the word of God comes, it never brings fear. It never, never causes you to fret. It never puts you into a furious, rageful anger. But it comes in a sense of peace. First Corinthians 14, 3, if we can have that up there. This is the beauty of what prophecy is all about. First Corinthians chapter 14, 3. The one who prophesies speaks to people. Here it is. For their upbuilding, encouragement, and their consolation. Isn't that awesome? If you ever hear a word of God that causes you to fear or fret or brings anxiety into your heart. It is not the word of God. The one who prophesies speaks to the people to upbuild you, edify you, to encourage you, and to comfort you. Some of the greatest uh, words of prophecy into my life were words about where I was supposed to be and I was not. Right? God revealed to me and convicted me of, of my sin and my error and my weakness, but I never felt fear. I never felt fretting. And I wasn't ever, ever mad. I had a sense of God wrapping me in his arms and saying, boy, whether you like it or not, I'm going to take you from this point and I'm going to bring you right over to this point because that's what I do. He transforms you. He sets you free. Amen. Through the precious word of God, the prophetic word of God is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Never brings fear. Never brings anxiety. In the storm of your life, in the brokenness of your life, in the mess of your life. You rest in his unchanging word that he loves you, that he's always with you, that he'll never, ever forsake you. In Exodus chapter 20, Moses went up. We don't have to turn there, but Moses went up to the mountain. Just like Jesus, he, Moses fasted for 40 days. Jesus fasted for 40 days. People said, listen. Uh, how about you go up to the mountain? We'll stay right here, very comfortable. 
Because there's going to be fire, there's going to be smoke, and there's going to be thunder, and we will die. And Moses said, okay, I'll go up. The beauty thing about the true and better prophet is that God understood that you would die without your sins being covered, without your sins being forgiven, without your sins being parted. And he came down from the mountain, came down from his palace. Philippians 2 says that he emptied himself of his majesty, of his splendor, of his glory, so that you could feel the fire of God. The Holy Spirit's presence in your heart and life. John the Baptist said, I indeed baptize you with water, but there will come one who baptizes you in the spirit and with fire. Amen? Baptizes you in the spirit and with fire. The very fire and the glory of God that Moses saw as his, uh, the Lord's presence went by him. Get it now, get it. Now dwells in you. The fire and the glory of God dwells within you. Let's protect the fire and the glory. Amen? And live our lives to the honor and the wonder of who God is. Because he is awesome and he is wonderful. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14, 24, that the, the, the prophecy convicts. It tells you what you are. And as a believer... Or even if you don't believe and you're here today, you can't be afraid of God telling you what what and who you are. Because until we come to the negative confession of what we really are, we'll never have this positive confession of taking Christ as Lord. Amen? We repent and we turn from our sins. We believe in our heart that Christ Jesus died, rose again, and we confess with our mouth. If we sin, we confess. And we know that he is righteous And just that he will forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from every act and every motive and every agenda and every sin of unrighteousness today. The fire and the glory has been placed in your heart because of what Christ has done. The prophet from heaven spoke. The prophet from heaven came. And the prophet from heaven died so that you could receive the prophetic word of God every day for your life to lead you and to guide you. Why do we look to the world? Why do we look to horoscopes? Why do we take the opinion of speculation and argument of men and institutions and organizations? Why do we do it when we have the prophetic word of God? Amen? Who have you been listening to? Who have you been listening to to find out what's next? In my experience, you don't really know what's next. You know who's next. You'll know that in the next event of your life, Jesus will be there. You know when you walk out this door and enter into a hard, hard time in life, you know that Jesus is there. When circumstances come against your body, there's illness and disease, you'll know this. You'll know that Jesus is there. All scripture is God-breathed, inspired, Holy Spirit-inspired for instruction, for rebuke, for correction, and training in righteousness so that the man of God, the woman of God, will be equipped for every good work. Amen? Aren't you glad that the Spirit of God equips you for the work of God? Amen? It's not all about you and your talents and abilities and and all that stuff, okay? 
It's about your availability to God. God can use anyone. If you're available to him to receive his prophetic word over your heart and life. And you walk in this prophetic word and the prophetic utterance of God over your life. That you're saved, that you're redeemed, that you're Holy Spirit filled, that you're baptized in the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And that every authority and every dominion has been placed under Christ's foot. And now he has given you that same authority to live in the power and the unction and the glory of God. How many have ever gone mountain climbing? These freaks that climb the side of mountains. Come on, people. I feel like shooting them with a paint gun or something, you know? Paintball gun. Maybe a BB gun, you know? You can make it. All right, sorry about that. That's a little fetish uh, of mine. But here's the thing, though. When we climb the mountain of God for the glory of God and the fire of God, there'll be people shooting at us to tear us down. There'll be speculations and arguments crying out, you're never, ever going to make it. You're a loser. Look at your past. Look where you grew up. Look at your, your, your family. You got no education. You got no money. You got no job. Sounds like a country music song, amen? But that's what the devil wants to speak into your life as you climb the mountain of God. See the glory of God and the fire of God. How many want to make a trek to the fire and the glory of God, amen? The mountain is in your heart. The presence of God is in your heart. My wife and I were talking this morning and she might beat me up afterwards, but we had a discussion. Sometimes you wake up and you just feel like you're grasping, like you're grabbing, like you're trying to hold on to something to be satisfied with, right? Something to, to just maybe entertain you, something to get you by, right? And we were discussing it and we came to the conclusion that we're not the ones grasping. Jesus is the one grasping. He's grasping for you, wants to take your hand, wants to take your heart, he wants to take your mind and use you for the glory of God. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead now dwells in you. Is there anything that you can't get through? Is there anything that you can't overcome? Is there anything that will defeat you? Is there any accusation or any charge against you that will stand in the sight of God? Give me the answer. No. Because you are a child of God and you belong to him. You have free access into his presence. You are accepted by God. The fire and the glory dwells in your very heart. Just like Moses. He wants us to come down from the mountain. And not put a veil over our, our, our hearts and minds. But let the glory of the Lord that's evident in our heart because the Holy Spirit resides in us. Let the world see. Amen? Let the world see. If you turn over to Ephesians chapter 4. If we can do the English Standard Version and read from verse 17. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 17. 
Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learn Christ. Amen? Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. To put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. And to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. And to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God, in true righteousness and holiness. Everybody go, ah, ah. Next verse. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are the members, we are members one of another. Be angry. Do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. And give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands, so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Let no corrupt talk come out of your mouth, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give, give grace to those who hear. Let's keep the verse right there. Let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion. Let's go to the NLT and read that <laughs> translation. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Let's go to the message. Don't grieve God. Okay, go back. Watch the way you talk. Let nothing foul or dirty come out of your mouth. Say only what helps each word a gift. Let's go back to the ESV and we'll continue reading verse 30. And it says, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Here's the thing, guys. We've received the prophetic word. And now God is asking us, since we were transformed and renewed and restored by this prophetic word, to be a prophetic word to a lost and dying world. Amen? The Bible says, Let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. You know what that word means, unwholesome? It means rotten. It speaks of spoiled fish. I want you to think about your words this week, how you spoke to people. What words did you speak to people? Did you speak words that were seasoned with grace and kindness and love? See, we can bring a rottenness to people's hearts and minds, and they will never see the fire of the glory because of the words that we speak. Unwholesome words, rotten words. Words that don't fit the occasion. Words that don't bless. Words that don't minister grace. Words that don't speak life. Words that don't speak faith. Words that don't speak hope. Amen? I do it and I ask the Lord to forgive me now. The Bible says we'll be judged by every word that comes out of our mouth. Amen? Not judged based on our salvation. We know we're in. But God has rewards and blessings for us in glory. We need to be concerned about speaking 
prophetically into people's hearts and lives to encourage and to bless and to love. Philippians chapter 4 says we must fix our thoughts on what is noble, pure, right, noteworthy. Words that are a blessing, words that, that lift up, words, words that speak the potential of God in people's hearts and lives. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Amen. Now, when you see your brothers and sisters here, do you look at them and think wonderful things of potential and possibility with with God? Do, do Do you see that? Lots of times when you get a bad report about something, you think the worst, right? Immediately you go on the defensive and you're like, I will kill that person. Um, Think positive things, amen? Uh, When I was traveling with the basketball team for Valley Forest Christian College, there was a dude that played for West Virginia football that left West Virginia, came to the Bible College to be uh, a pastor, and he was huge. Okay, he was huge. We get talking in the van. Yeah, that guy's an idiot, man. You know how you, you, you go? It's just negative and it's contagious. And you just start talking stupidity. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, quiet down, and Joe would say, hey, fellas, maybe he's just having a bad day. And we would be like, you're right, Joe. You are right. Because he was huge and very impressive, but meek and gentle. Let's, since the prophetic word has been spoken to us, let's this week with our brothers and sisters speak life into each other. Let's not give people spoiled fish. What about your diet? What are you thinking about? What are you reading? What are you, what are you hearing? Is it rotten fish spoiling your life, not edifying you, not exhorting you, but causing illness and causing distress and causing fear in your heart and life. Think. Please, think. When you speak prophetically into people's lives, as you bless people, is it true? H, is it helpful? I, does it inspire? N, is it necessary? And K, is it kind? Amen? Isn't that the way Christ spoke to us, prophetically loving us? We were the worst of the worst, people. Can't get any worse than us. We're sinners. But now because of Christ, we are called saints, holy ones set apart. Listen, let's think. Let's speak truth to people. Let's be helpful with our words. Let inspire. Let's speak necessary things into people's hearts and lives. Let's be kind. Speak the truth in love. Listen, you've got to set up that foundation of truth with love. Amen? You know, many people stop. We'll speak the truth. Yeah, in love, right? you got to jump on in. Love before you start speaking truth. And that might take a long, long time with folks because you got to build trusted relationships. Amen? Revelation 19.10. We can put that up on the board. 
the TV. It's interesting. What is the spirit of prophecy? I fell down at his feet to worship him. But he said, the angel, you must not do that. I am a fellow servant with you and your brothers who hold to the testimony of Jesus. Worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. First Corinthians 14 says, pursue love, desire spiritual gifts. Most important gift that we can desire is the ability to speak God's word prophetically into people's hearts and into people's lives. Amen. We need the prophetic word of God, the word of God that transforms and changes and delivers and heals. We don't need words of men. We don't need the wisdom of the world or the wisdom of institutions. We need the prophetic word of God to get into our heart and change us forever, never, ever to be the same. Be transformed by the by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. Are you ready to climb the mountain to the fire and the glory? It's going to cost you. It's going to cost you. We look at Christ's work on the cross and the high cost of a free gift that he gave his heart and he gave his life. If you ever wonder about giving up, think about Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Amen. He knew about the pain that he would suffer physically, but he understood the sin that he would bear for the first time. The sin of the world upon his heart and upon his life. And he sweated great drops of blood, emotionally shot. And he said, Father, if this cup can pass, it would be a really, really cool thing. But if not, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Let's have a Gethsemane moment today. Amen. Wherever you've been doubting, if you've been struggling, if you've been fretting, if you've been eating spoiled fish and dishing out spoiled fish, now's the day to realize that your life has been set apart for the glory of God to minister in the spirit of prophecy, which is the testimony of Jesus Christ. You're going to die and you're going to pass away. You'll be forgotten. But the testimony of Jesus will stand forever. Amen? Friends, it's not what you do in this life that lasts. It's what you do for Christ that lasts. I want you to worship the Lord as we close the service with just this video of worship. A song called Only Jesus. Amen? It's amazing that um, when you think of your life, you know who you are. And when we lay our heads down on a pillow, we know exactly what we are and who we are. And the fact that God desires to use us in our brokenness and in our mess, and he desires to change us from grace to grace and faith to faith every day. He never, ever, ever gives up on us. He who began a good work in us will continue to perform it, continue to complete it until we see him face to face. Amen. Uh, be blessed. Be encouraged. God is not finished with you yet. And if we can, if we can um, as individuals in a church, understand what our lives were created for, what our lives were destined for, we'll have a great understanding of what God desires for our heart and life.
It is foolish to move into the future on our own when God is waiting to guide us. His plan is the best if we yield to him. He can save us from Satan's snares. Billy Graham said, I've read the last page of the Bible. It's all going to turn out all right. Amen. The future is as bright as the promises of God. William Carey said that. The future is as bright as the promises of God. And Corinthians tells us that every promise in the book is yea and amen to those that believe. Amen. There is no greater discovery than seeing God as the author of your destiny. Yeah, you're not writing the story. Put down the pen. Amen. Holy Spirit is writing your story to make it his story for his glory and honor. So, Lord, we give you this day and we thank you. We today commit ourselves not to be the one that's most thought of, not to be the one that's most preoccupied with. But today we commit ourselves to be the one that is only concerned about living the truth that we know to be true to the ones that we love and to a lost and dying world that Jesus Christ is Lord. If we can leave this, this world saying that it's been only about you, O oh God, like Paul, I've fought the, fought the fight and I've won the race. So, Lord, I thank you for this, this day. I pray for each one in this place that they'll realize that the glory and the fire of God is dwelling within them and that they've been called to be ministers of reconciliation, ministers of the glory of God to reach a lost and dying world. So I, pr- I pray for every home that is represented here that there'll be a new fire and a new glory of healing, wholeness, health, salvation, and deliverance in every home. In every nook and cranny, Lord, your spirit be evident, be strong. I pray for every workplace that's represented here in this place. I pray that the spirit of God would storm through every workplace represented. That people would feel the presence of God when we walk by. People would understand the words of God when we speak. And they'll understand the heart of God when we love. Love with grace. And God, I give you this this day and I give you Steel City Church. I pray that you would continue to use us for your glory. Use us to bring Jesus to the lost and dying world. It's not about us. It's about you. For one day every tongue shall, shall say and speak. Every knee shall bow to the claim of this, that Jesus Christ is Lord. And we give you praise and adoration as we go, as we fellowship, as we have coffee, that you'll stir in our hearts this awesome, awesome privilege, this prophetic word that has been spoken over us, the promise of the Father, that I will put my words in your heart and I will put my, my words in your mind and you shall be a dwelling place, a habitation, a temple of the Spirit of the living God. So we go encouraged, we go blessed, we go excited and live our lives only for Jesus, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. You, you Jesus people, you. Amen.